everybody. I'm Jim Ford. And I'm Chad Bokelman. And this is The Lantern Cast Presents Elseworlds. Episode 6. Wait, hold on. What is an Elseworlds episode? And for that matter, what's a Lantern Cast? I've forgotten completely. Um, <laughs> well, you're going to have to go to iTunes because I don't remember either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's it's been a while. Only a little bit. Yeah. A nice, nice relaxing break. You can call it relaxing if you wish. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it was the, the, the relaxing part was no podcasting. Yes, I suppose. Everything else may not have been relaxing, but... Yeah, so today we're talking about Superman Red Sun. Yep, yep, yep. We're trying to put off doing Dragon Lord as much as possible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, eventually it's gonna have to happen, but uh, it's it's been a few months since we did an Elseworlds book, so we figured we we'd jump back in the waters, although fairly lightly, because this is primarily a Superman story. But uh, you know, there there is a, a very interesting Green Lantern part of it. So I'll I'll do the synopsis. Yeah, go for it. Okay, um, really simple. This this is an Elseworlds where the what-if is, what if Superman crash-landed in Russia, you know, Soviet Russia, and he's raised to, you know, have all the ideal ideals of, you know, Soviet Russia, um, you know, communism and, uh, you know, pledge allegiance to Stalin and all sorts of things like that. And, you know, he's basically just doing, you know, what's right and everything like that. And then, you know, America is like, well, you know, that ain't that ain't fly with us. We don't like them having this, this super weapon that we could never, you know, never possibly beat. You know, America effectively lost the Cold War when Superman came on the scene. So, you know, you have the, the typical characters from the DC Universe popping up in different ways. Lex Luthor primarily as... Uh, like, the one person who, he wants his people to, you know, to win. He wants to, to conquer, you know, this alien. Um, so he's, you know, basically coming up with ways throughout the book. Uh, Superman, he's just, you know, trying to, you know, move his people on, save people and uh, you know, promote his country and whatnot. Um, and the book is basically, you know, Lex Luthor and his journey to defeat Superman, which he thinks he does by the end of the book, but not really. But uh, I guess we'll, we'll we'll get there. So I don't know. There, were, there wasn't any Green Lantern stuff in the first book. Uh, this is all the introductory stuff. Um, and this is, by the way, I guess we should probably introduce it a little. Um, this is a <laughs> three-issue prestige series. Uh, written by Mark Miller, the creator of Kick-Ass, actually, and uh, drawn by Johnson. Some Dave Johnson. Dave Johnson. Do you know who that is? I do not. I knew who it was. I know that he's done other things. Um, I can't remember what it is now, but hey, look on ComicBookDB if you have to. The the one thing that I do want to comment on, you know, this first one, and and also through a lot of 
you know, these, these books, they all have, like, certain scenes that are incredibly iconic, either Superman covers or, like, they have the certain things that are Superman images that are very iconic redone, you know, in, like, uh, you know, the, the communist look and everything like that. But then also they have communist posters with Superman's image, you know, replacing the iconic image. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a really cool touch. In the first issue, they they create a Bizarro, not a, not a typical Bizarro because he's not you know he's not completely stupid, but he's very deformed and everything like that. And uh, he goes up against Superman, and it's not it's not going well for the Bizarro. I mean, obviously, as it usually never does, but he ends up giving his life to protect people. I don't know. It's it's a very it's an interesting you know thing to see cuz he's only on in the book for like, you know, four pages, five pages or something like that. Mhm. Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. So they basically put him on the scene, showed that he was nowhere near as powerful as Superman, and then killed him off by sacrificing his life, which the other thing that I'm thinking about is, you know, he supposedly dies, but we don't actually know if he does die cuz we don't see, you know, uh we don't see a body afterwards. Yeah. I suppose you can't have Lex Luthor succeed in his very first attempt to take out Superman. Yeah, no, well, definitely not, but... It would be interesting if, like, later on in the book, like, you see this guy, like, hobbling around with glasses and a trench coat or something like that. <laughs> uh, let's see. Okay, I'm jumping to the second book now. Go for it. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, I don't really want to get too much into it. I mean, you got the Brainiac, Bottle City of Candor, a whole bunch of villains that Lex Luthor, you know, created to uh, stop Superman. Um, you know, Parasite, Chemo, Metallo, Lord Satanus. I don't know how he built Lord Satanus, but. There's so much in this book. There's so much in this book, and I don't really want to cover all of it. So, it's difficult. Batman. You, you talk about Batman. Basically, there's, uh, in the previous book, there's a short little side story of how um, Stalin's right-hand guy, who's not uh, Superman, went in and, a few years ago and took out these people who were spreading anti anti-Soviet uh, material papers or whatever and killed these uh, these two people who happened to be the parents of this young boy. And then uh, the, the look that this kid gave them, like, sent them chills and that, that becomes Batman. That boy becomes Batman. He's wearing uh, the traditional Russian hat, whatever the hell that's called. And he's got the ears and everything. He's 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 definitely Batman, but definitely uh, definitely Russian at the same time. And he's he's crazy. Like he doesn't have the restraints our Batman has. <laughs> at least I don't. Th- I mean, seriously, this dude is this is it's, it's almost. I get the feeling he's more like um, um, the Dark Knight Returns Batman than he is our Batman. Yeah, I mean, y- you could definitely 
you know, make that comparison because he doesn't have, well, for one thing, he doesn't have the ideals of, uh, you know, America. And mm. I think beyond that, like, you're talking about communist Russia. His parents could not have been rich. It's true. So, I mean, you know, I guess it, it's a commentary on how it's nice to have your, you know, lofty ideals when you're when you have money. But when you're broke and you're just trying to, you know, get revenge, you know, you go about things a lot differently. But what's the deal with Wonder Woman? Is she like, uh, is she like a crackhead or something? No, she's still her. She's still Themyscarin. She's still an Amazon. I mean, I don't know how Stalin managed to get the Amazons on his side. No, I don't think they are on his side. I think Wonder Woman is just infatuated with Superman. Yeah. And becomes an agent for Soviet Russia as well. Because she is spurned by his advances, or her advances are spurned by him? I suppose the whole, you know, you push a girl away, she's more interested, or something like that. I guess. But I mean, I don't know, she seems kind of flighty throughout the the series. Flighty around Superman? Well, I, no, I mean, like, flighty in terms of, like... Um, when she comes to America, it's like she has a very clear purpose. Mm-hmm. But I guess never going to America, she's just like, I don't know. It kind of seems like if you gave like Paris Hilton powers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? She's not that bad. She's at least intelligent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, just very, I don't know, self-involved or whatever. Yeah. Um. Yeah, well, she's a princess who didn't leave for purpose, pretty much. She left for a guy. Yeah. And she's only latching on to Soviet ideals for the guy, not for herself. Well, wait, didn't she leave for a guy the first time? Steve Trevor or whatever? Yeah, didn't she... Uh, you know, now I, I can't remember her origin, because I could have sworn that she left for the guy, but now I'm thinking she was sent to America as their champion. So now I can't remember which origin they actually went with. To hell with it. We're Green Lantern fans. Don't expect us to know the origin of Wonder Woman. Yeah. It's funny, uh, Batman's lair. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, you know, (laughs) instead of uh, the giant coin, he has an A1 service thing. Giant, big Tony pizza guy. Bowling pin. What do you think about how they kind of randomly shoved the rest of the DC Universe characters into the Daily Planet? Ollie Queen works there. Uh, Barry works there. Iris works there. I don't know. I... Sometimes, sometimes I don't understand, you know, everything that they do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so... Oh, back to synopsis. Yeah, Sorry. well... Back to, you know, yeah, so Batman and Wonder Woman go up against Superman and uh, lose. Um, yeah, so that, well, then Lex Luthor is, uh, <laughs> he, he finds out a way that he thinks he's going to be able to defeat Superman. Um, and that that's where, you know, that's where this, this book kind of makes its tangent with uh, our, our little podcast. The government finds... Abin Sur's ship. Abin Sur is already dead. Um, they have him in a 
like a chemical tube kind of thing. I guess it actually, you know what? It's reminiscent of, uh, uh, it's actually reminiscent of a lot of things that have happened in DC, but we'll say most recently that cloning chamber that they sold the, uh, Connor Kent figure in for San Diego Comic-Con. Yeah. So they got Ob and Sir stuck in a, uh, you know, a preservation tube, we'll say, even though he's already dead. So his body doesn't, huh? Quick tangent, do you notice the name of one of the scientists in front of uh, the Abenser body in formaldehyde? I see Tyler and Mimer. That's Palmer. Palmer? As in oh. rape. Oh! Well, that's probably why I didn't get the joke. <laughs> Mimer. <laughs> it very clearly says Palmer, folks. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Uh, well, then who's t- who's Tyler? I don't know, but Palmer makes sense. Tyler probably makes sense, but we don't know what it is. Anyway, so along with the alien, they find a lantern, um, which somehow they they clearly know is a lantern right off the bat. Um, now I, I don't know. Like we know that it's a lantern. But if if somebody that had never seen like Hal Jordan's lantern or power battery, like would you naturally think that that was a lantern? Oh no, it's it emits light. It's very much in the shape of a lantern. I don't know. Like if I saw like the one from the movie, no, I wouldn't know it's a lantern. Yeah, well, <laughs> nobody would have any idea what that was. Um, but but the traditional shape, yeah. Of course. I don't know. It's like uh, Alan Scott's lantern is very clearly a lantern. Hal Jordan's lantern is very clearly a round thing with a, you know, a thing coming out of it. In a base. Well, yeah, but stuff you can't stuff you can't understand. You identify with what you do understand. And, <laughs> a clo- and, and the first thing I would think of that I could possibly understand would be a lantern. Maybe, maybe. Um. So somehow they have scientists that have figured out that it's more than a decoration and uh, it might actually be a doorway into the power source as old as the universe itself, which, um, I mean, is correct, although I would very much like to know, like, what kind of tests you would run to figure that out. Um, And then they they see the ring, obviously, and... uh, they have no idea what it is. They have no idea what the ring is. Um, to which Luther explains to them it's a weapon. And that's it for the Green Lantern part on there. And uh, they close with Superman building a fortress. Okay. Am I still doing a synopsis or are we just... No, you're doing a synopsis. Keep okay. going. Okay. I thought we do the commentary after synopsis. Isn't that how it usually works? Or have we forgotten entirely how to do a podcast? I figured we were just doing the commentary as we did the synopsis this time. Oh, I had no idea. <laughs> well, that's probably been making it go a lot faster. <laughs> <laughs> we got to be somewhat interesting to the folks at home. So, you know, years pass, many years pass. Superman's got his, his ice fortress in the mountain. With a giant key to open it. Um, and he's got, like, Batman robots working everything? No, they're not Batman robots. 
they're um because in the previous issue it shows that people are taking up the cause of Batman. Oh, and then, and then he reprograms it, them. Yeah, he sticks these things on. Basically, he sticks these reprogramming devices on his enemies, so he doesn't. Superman doesn't kill. So he basically reform forcibly reforms everybody. So Superman has been brainwashing a bunch of Batman to. Uh, it's cool how they have the different costumes. That is pretty neat. It's basically like at the beginning of the Dark Knight, how the Batman purpose has caught on. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, uh, like, just a couple of pages in, they have a like a little tiny scene of what's going on in America, and it's like a reproduction of the cover from uh, Action Comics number one. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, a bunch of things happen, and finally they figure out how to. Uh, yeah. Okay. So I mean, just to you know, I guess full disclosure. The last time I read this book was probably like over a year ago, um, the first time I read it, and that was also the last time I read it. And, you know, with a looming hurricane coming, I didn't have time to reread it. I basically was able to reread the Green Lantern sections. Um, it's a really great book, but... Uh, it's one of my favorite Elseworlds stories. Is it? Yeah. I mean, I'm not talking just Green Lantern. I'm talking favorite period. Definitely in my top ten. Have you read many Elseworlds tales? Yeah. Yeah, I have. Mm. I just really like all the subtleties. And yeah. Plus, this one isn't like uh, this. You got you folks have to understand this. This like storyline goes from Lex Luthor as a twenty-something to Lex Luthor as an old man. So the 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 time span in historical context of all of this. Is is pretty wide. Yeah, yeah, they do. They cover a lot of stuff, which I, I I enjoy that. I do enjoy that aspect of it, so that you can see how everything does develop. You know, like when you take an else world and it's basically like you know happening over the course of a month. Well, you get basically a snapshot of what that universe is, as opposed to how things play out in the alternate world. Yeah, for instance, Lex is now president when we finally figure out how to work the Green Lanterns. And in addition to all the other villains that Jim said earlier he created, the reason they're able to keep the Green Lantern Marine Corps, as they call it, um, a secret from Superman, the all-seeing eye of Superman, is because Lex is responsible for discovering the Phantom Zone. And they've been training in the Phantom Zone. Away from the all-seeing, all-hearing, all-whatever eye and ear of Superman. Um, yeah, so with with Green Lantern, and now this this I thought was kind of kind of lame. Lex Luthor had to decipher what the oath was in order to activate the lantern. Yeah, I I mean like okay for one thing, you know. It took 18 years to crack that 24-word combination. First off, how would they know that there, it was a 24-word combination? You know. Second of all, how would you possibly figure out, you know, though that you know that specific 24-word combination? Um, and and also, if a dying Green Lantern, you know, crashes on a planet 
and passes the ring and the lantern to somebody without, and then just dies without giving them the information, they would have no idea how to power up the, the lantern, the ring. I guess they just said, well, Lex Luthor is the smartest person on the planet, and so to hell with it. Of course, that sounds okay. Yeah, I don't know. I thought that was definitely a... Uh... I mean, like, it's... I, I understand it from the point of view that they had to, like, draw it out. You know, they couldn't just give him the power of a Green Lantern ring right away. You know, so they had to create some sort of obstacle... But, like, really, like, they could have made it so that it just took a really long time to figure out that it took willpower and honesty to, to operate it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they find somebody who is able to operate the ring because Lex Luthor is not honest. Um, and that person is Colonel Hal Jordan. And they explain, like, they go to great details um, explaining how much willpower he has. He was stuck in a prison camp for four years and every day he would in his mind he would build a a camp to you know he, he would build the prison camp and torture the people that were you know uh you know holding him captive which he didn't actually torture them every night he spent like as much time as, as it would actually take to build a prison camp like, if it took three days to dig a trench, he would spend three days in his mind, you know, digging the trench. Every single step, every single thing that he had to do, he was actually doing in his mind, including coffee breaks, apparently. And at the end, he had constructed this enormous, um, this enormous concentration camp that was completely perfect in his mind. And then he massacred everybody <laughs> and held up to capture. And that was like the greatest the greatest night of his life. So, you know, that's a lot of willpower. <laughs> that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> Alrighty then. <laughs> so yeah, and then later on when the Green Lanterns pop up again, you have Hal Jordan and uh he's I guess by his willpower, he's powering up a whole bunch of other pilots. And here's here's the thing: you said that deciphering the word was the most ridiculous, or the oath was the most ridiculous thing. I think this is the most ridiculous thing. How the hell Lex Luthor was able to recreate the Green Lantern ring times a couple hundred? I don't think he did. Okay, then how are there so many? That's all Hal Jordan, like, willing them to have their own rings. I don't know, bro. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, no, that's definitely it. He's powering all of them up. He Like, it's his willpower. You see, like, because they, they just went through great lengths to explain how great his willpower was. He built an entire, you know, prison camp in his mind. So, with willpower like that, he can, you know, create ring creations that can create ring creations based on the people that are using them. Like, that, that's that's what I got out of that. I guess so. Yeah. I mean, because, if, because if, later on it makes a point of 
Superman taking Jordan's ring and breaking it. Yeah. And that's the only ring he takes. Right. That was the only one that they needed. Yeah. Um, and of course, I'm sure you noticed this when they have the close up of some of the uh, the pilots. Yeah. All the names on their uh, their jackets. Yeah. Stewart, Gardner, Rayner, Scott. Yep. Which makes sense because um, they said Luther made a point of saying that it had to be someone with honesty and willpower and all that other stuff. <laughs> so it had to be uh, the ones that we've already known. Yeah. Um, they show a, a clip of what goes on or, you know, inside of Superman's um, fortress. He has the Titanic. You can see uh, the statue of Crypto in the background um, and uh, a dinosaur. And down at the bottom, Darkseid. Yeah, apparently Darkseid wasn't much of a threat for um, communist Soviet Superman. Maybe it's the fact that uh, since he's, you know, from the Soviet Union, he wasn't holding back. Or maybe in this universe he didn't have Omega Beams. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if it makes me wonder if Darkseid's actually running around somewhere with a reprogram thing on his head. <laughs> that would be pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> Serving people their food or something in a restaurant. Uh, so, yeah, so the Green Lantern scene, they're all flying towards Superman. Um, Superman, you know, races at them and just starts taking them apart. The, the, if they, if it had just been Hal Jordan, I think they would have had a much better shot, but because his willpower was focused among all these other people, you know, it's, it's almost like they focused too much on manpower as opposed to the one-man power. But, uh, yeah, Superman takes him apart. Um, they try and create a, a construct around him that was actually a pretty clever idea for a construct, but, you know, Superman beats out of that and, uh, like you said, eats the Green Lantern ring. <laughs> and uh, he'll be back, you know, a little while to reprogram all of them. Um, I think that, I think that was retarded, though. Like, as far as dialogue goes, it makes a point of, like, you're in the middle of battle. You really think, well, it is Guy Gardner, but you think Guy Gardner is going to say, because he says, it's got to be impossible to breach, boys. We got to make sure it's a box within an infinite number of boxes. And then Gardner goes, I can't hold it, sir. My mind's starting to wander, and I'm thinking about a TV show I watched as a kid. Yeah. Who's going who's gonna to shout that out in the middle of a battle? <laughs> <laughs> Guy Gardner? I guess. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I think one of the other like things to pick up on was you have Kyle Rayner saying uh, it's hopeless. <laughs> it's completely hopeless. I just got that. Yeah. Uh, Which this came out many years before what actually is going on in the comics. So. Yeah. How many years before? Let's see here. Um, 2004. Really? That's it. No, well, let's see. Or is that your? Oh, I got the trade. I've got two. I've got two copyrights: 2004 and 2003. So let's go with 2003. Mm. I'm assuming 2004 is the copyright for the publication of the trade. Yeah, 2003. Yeah, so you know, Green uh, Green Lantern's taken out. Superman is, uh, you know, 
heading over to, I guess, let America know that he wasn't going to take it anymore. You're done. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but Lex Luthor had one tiny little uh, fallback weapon. <laughs> She's freaking genius. Yeah. Yeah. He has his fallback weapon is a letter. Um, and he actually only uses like a half of the letter. <laughs> Creates one sentence that takes down Superman. Awesome. Yes. That sentence, by the way, is why don't you just put the whole world in a bottle, Superman? And that, you know, Superman's breaking down now and he realizes that, you know, he completely screwed the pooch on this one. He's basically ruling the world, you know, especially with his, his mind controls and whatnot. Um, because despite growing up in Soviet Russia, folks, you have to understand Superman is still apparently inherently good. Yeah, well, um, you're not you're not raised to be bad, you know, in Soviet Russia. It's just different ideals. Yeah, yeah. It's very much, you know, the good of the many outweigh the good of the few. Yeah. You know, that's, it's that concept, you know, amped up across the entire society. So what Superman had been doing, you know, was trying to, you know, protect the many and lead his people to greatness. But he did that, like, so hard and so, you know, so often that his people weren't actually able to advance at all. So, you know, so Brainiac realizes that Superman is done and is like, uh, you know, we can't do that, you know. <laughs> you uh, you got to keep going. So Superman takes out Brainiac and supposedly, you know, everybody thinks he dies in the end. Um, spoiler alert, he doesn't. Um, and then it goes on to say about how Lex Luthor then continued to change the world and make it awesome. He wipes out cancer, wipes out all disease. Humans start living for hundreds of years. Then Lex Luthor, you know, when he finally dies, that's when Superman makes an appearance as Clark Kent in disguise um, to pay his respects. And uh, it goes on to say about how Lex Luthor's descendants, like, what is it, like a billion years of uh, Luthor's ruling everything because they just keep on, you know, making breakthroughs. One of one of them even uh Yeah, billion years. Billion years. One of them even sets foot in the afterlife as a necronaut. Mm-hmm. I always love that. <clears throat> and then the twist, which I never saw coming, um, when I when I was originally reading this. I don't know, should we give away the twist? Yeah, go for it. I don't know. I kinda oh. I don't okay. want to give away the twist. Well, it, just tell them spoilers. Give them spoilers. Tell them to fast forward okay. uh, 20 seconds or 30 seconds. Uh, give them a minute. Okay, spoilers, yeah. mega spoilers right now. This is the big twist. Um, fast forward 30 seconds if you don't want to hear this. It turns out that Earth basically becomes Krypton. The sun turns red and, you know, it's dying out. The planet's going to explode. And one of Luther's descendants... Jor-El is, you know, he wants to save his son. He's like, his son isn't going to have anything left to conquer. You know, the world's going to end, and what is he going to do? So they send him out on a ship, and it ends up going back in time, and uh, lands in Soviet Russia. So it turns out Superman was a descendant of Lex Luthor. Yep. 
And there you have it. That's it. Uh, in the very back of the trade, I don't know if you have these in your thing. It just shows all the sketch uh, sketch designs that they went through for the various characters. No, I don't have that right now. There's a uh, there's a there's one panel of Green Lantern sketched out, mm-hmm. and there's you know it shows the ring. It says the ring. You know, the note next to the ring says the ring itself is pretty much the same, and then it shows a basic pose of Hal Jordan in his his outfit in the storyline. Yeah. And uh, the note next to it says, it's a flight suit kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> and the, uh, one, of the, one of the pictures is uh, Hal is smoking, or Hal or Guy, I think. I think it's Hal is smoking a stogie. <laughs> um, Sorry. You should be. Yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> uh. Okay. And by the way, folks, we didn't say it, but the uh, the reason, uh, basically, not that it's that big of a deal, but the 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 Green Abinser ship is the ship that we all know about, Area Fifty One. That in in this storyline, um, Abinser's ship is the is the ship they found in the desert. That becomes Area Fifty One. Yeah. So. I don't know. I mean, is there anything else to really talk about with this? Did you want to discuss anything? I like the art a lot. Yeah, art's great. Um, and I like all the subtle things they did. Like like I was saying earlier about how Ollie and and Barry and Iris are in here and all this and, you know, Ray Palmer, if that's really him. Oh, the art changes. It's not the same artist for all three books. Yeah, but it's very similar styles. But that, that that is interesting that it shifted, you know, as time progressed. Mm-hmm. Did you notice um, the various things that happened to Earth itself? Like what? If you go to the page um, in the beginning of the fur the third book. Yeah, the uh, like the green splotches. Not just the green splotches. Look at where the water's at. Um, in the United States. What am I looking at? Is yours, diff- is yours a different color or is mine? It's, uh, well, it looks like, looks like Florida is smaller. And there's I'm a... I'm talking about right in the middle of the continent. There's like a massive lake. Yeah, isn't that the Great Lakes? Yeah, there's Great Lakes, but then there's a huge thing down the middle. Yeah. What is that? It looks like water to me. It's is it blue and? Oh yeah, no, it's definitely blue. I just I just figured it was the Great Lakes. But yeah, that is I guess. Wait. Yeah, I don't. And then and then there's the same thing happening down in um, South America. Yeah, South South America. Yeah, that's massive freshwater lakes. Yeah, that's new. <laughs> but there's there's massive freshwater lakes in the uh in, in these continents. So and islands that didn't exist before down on the bottom. Yeah. I guess wars. It's a different it's a different earth. I don't know. I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you're just saying. And there's something on the polar ice caps to keep it from melting. Now, 
knowing what we know about the end, because I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to say that again. We already yeah. spoiled that. But knowing what we know about the end and, like, knowing the beginning, um, would you say that this is, like, a, a one-change Elseworlds or a multi-change Elseworlds? It has to be multi. Unless you count that final, you know, final storyline aspect as part of the first aspect. That's one of the changes, but it's not everything. Well, I'm, I'm, to- I'm not talking about, like, uh, I'm not talking about, like, the little things, like the names, you know, because a lot of them do that. A lot of them have, like, you know, people involved with the story, even though that they would never, you know, really cross paths otherwise. Like, the, the Hal Jordan thing, I think, makes a lot of sense, um, because of the fact that if he never got the ring, then... And, you know, and America was still at war with Russia, then he would, you know, he would still be in the military and he would have gotten caught. Um, so that part made a lot of sense to me. But, uh, you know, some other some other little things just play out in the story. But I'm talking about as far as, like, a major change. Like, for instance, when we looked at, uh, what was the one where they, you know, Green Lantern back in the olden days? Like, uh, early New York. Evil's Might. Evil's Might, yes. Um, in Evil's Might, it's like you have the one Elseworlds change that it's, you know, it took place back then, and then you have another major Elseworlds change that, like, a bunch of the Green Lantern characters are all taking place at the same time, you know, in that, that storyline. So it's not just like, what if the ring, you know, landed back then? It's what if the ring landed back then, and also what if all of these characters happened to be back then. And then actually, the third one being that, what if it wasn't a Green Lantern ring, but what if it was like a leprechaun weapon? Yeah. So that was like a, that was a multi-change one. <laughs> that just sounds retarded. <laughs> <laughs> a leprechaun weapon. <laughs> yeah, you know, leprechaun weapon. Uh, um, I think there's more to it than that, although I'm hard-pressed to figure it out. But, uh, yeah, I mean, like, with this one, this one I think is a lot more of a one one change. More, yes. I don't think it is, though. Maybe, like, a one and a half change. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Like, for instance, in this world, Luther isn't a businessman. He's the old-school mad scientist again. Yeah, well, that's... I mean, I'm just saying. That's the, I mean, which, you can, which I thought was a nice touch. It's not really a change so much. And actually, if you look on, actually, um, right at the beginning of number three, that picture of the Earth, mm-hmm. you have LexCorp. But, like, that satellite is a LexCorp satellite. Is it? I, um, I don't think it is. It's got the Soviet star and everything on it. Oh. It does have this. Well, no, it has a star. That's not LexCorp. Well, no, it has a star. It doesn't have the hammer and sickle. No, but it's it's not it's not because it's it's doesn't say LexCorp. It's 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 something CCP. Superman Corp. And I think it's funny that everything uh, <laughs> Superman Corp. <laughs> everything going on here, all the stuff they changed. 
they still couldn't give Superman some nice, smart way to get into his fortress except for another giant key. Well, I like that. I like that aspect. Because, like, he's the only one that can lift the key. Yeah, but so you remember what they did in All-Star Superman with that? He, he carved a regular-sized key out of a dwarf star, so it's still the same... It's still heavy. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he carved it out of Ray Palmer. He's, it, because it says... <laughs> It says in in All Star Superman, he Superman himself says, "I just thought a giant key was too much." <laughs> Bear with us, folks. We're slowly getting back into this. Plus, this is the first time we've had to review and and synopsis a trade that didn't really have a whole lot to do with Green Lantern, but we yeah. did tell you we'd review it at some point. So yeah. this episode was coming either way. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, best to just deal with it now and forget about it later. You know, if you look at, uh, like, later on, they have a satellite photo of the Earth, um, and you don't have those giant lakes. So maybe that's just, uh, like, cloud cover or something? Or maybe in Luther's mad quest to... <sighs> Sorry. Maybe in Luther's mad quest to fix the, uh, fix the world, he sucked all the water out and became obsessed with real estate again. Who knows? Let's never talk about that ever again. <laughs> oh yeah, Doomsday was also one of the uh, Doomsday and Livewire and I don't know that Bone Guy or other villains that they <laughs> created to stop Superman. Isn't that uh, what's his name? The Bone Guy, whatever his name is. Um, the the he was in JLU or whatever, right? The Flaming... Whatever. Oh, Atomic Skull. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's, a, maybe that's Atomic Skull. Maybe it's Atomic Lex Skull. Maybe not. Yeah, probably not. I think we're done. <laughs> I think we are, too. I think we were done, like, a while ago, and we just kept going. <laughs> we, we wanted to give him something. <laughs> Bring Lauren back in so this episode is salvageable. <laughs> oh, God. This album, episode is not salvageable. Um, no, you know, I, I explained. I explained the reason why this episode is not going to be that great. I didn't even read the book recently. <laughs> and I gave the synopsis. Yeah, well... <laughs> You, you, we can make all the excuses we want. We, we'll just blame it on Jim. Oh man, people are never gonna listen to these Elseworld stories again. <laughs> he's got, he's got a hurricane barreling down on him. He's stressed beyond reason. Yeah, not really. <laughs> but I do have work to do. So, okay. Um, let's see. If you want to email us, you could do so at lanterncast.gmail.com we all have our own email addresses at lanterncast.com so Jim, Chad or the other guys who are elsewhere, not here today <laughs> um, or James, our editor james at lanterncast.com uh, we have a voicemail number uh, 708-LANTERN and call that up leave a voicemail and uh, like you know Ideally, we'd love to play it, <laughs> whether or not that happens, you know, it's 
We do like getting them, so you make us feel better. It makes us, you know, think that people are listening. And, uh, oh yeah, website, lanterncast.com. We got links We're on to our. Twitter. Yeah, got a Twitter, got a link to a Twitter, f- Facebook, forum, gallery, all that right on lanterncast.com. And, uh, we're on iTunes. Yeah, pop by, leave a review if you're okay. Yeah, sounds good. doing so. Um, and by the way, I figured out Dave Johnson did, uh, the art for 100 Bullets, the Vertigo series. He oh, did yes, yes. He worked on Deadpool for a little while. And Detective Comics and Batman covers, stuff like that. Hmm. Nice. Just throwing throwing that credit out there. Yeah. Oh, I guess we should also mention the other artist, um, Killian Plunkett. Because he did the art for part of the second one and number three. What a funny name. Killian Plunkett. <laughs> it sounds like the kind of guy who would uh, you would trust with a leprechaun weapon. Yeah, if you can make bad jokes, I can make bad jokes. And you can definitely make bad jokes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm an hour earlier than you, okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm an hour late. And I wouldn't go to bed till 1 a.m., so give me a break. Uh, you wouldn't? <laughs> I, did. I, I, I didn't go to bed till... I refuse to go to bed till 1. <laughs> uh, gotta slap myself in the face with a fish. Stay awake. So long, and thanks for all the fish. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah. The next Elseworlds will be better, we promise. It can't possibly be worse. Well, yeah. Because the next time we have to review a trade like this, it'll be Kingdom Come, and Green Lantern has a significantly bigger appearance in that than oh, this one. God. So. Kingdom Come. At least I have the absolute for that one. Yeah, so Kingdom Come is coming. But hey, you know what? We'll make sure. You know what? We'll, we're do, we're doing Dragon Lord next time, so you can hear us rant and rave and bitch. That works. Okay, folks. Um, we'll have uh, a regular episode uh, of the Landron Cast coming soon within the next within the next couple of weeks. It just gotta sync up our schedules because it's gonna be a, a a really big episode. Yeah. So. So long. Bye. Uh, good night. Ha <laughs> ha